Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are. This is Michelle. And Serena. And this is From From the the Root. Root. A discussion-based podcast that explores holistic wellness through our lived experiences as Black queer people. Welcome to episode eight. Roadmaps, not resolutions. Um, so I just wanted to give the disclaimer that my friend Wimpy came up with the title because <laughs> they were very clear to give them credit. So I want to give credit where credit is due. And thank you, Wimpy. Yeah, shout out to Wimpy. Um, and you know, when we had talked about resolutions, I was. I just hate how every year they're like, oh, what are your resolutions? Got to make resolutions. And so when I had this conversation with them, they were like, they came up with this. And I was like, oh, I really like that, especially because like as a child, I would take road trips with my mother and my brother. And like I we all you always wanted to be the navigator who was the person in the front seat with the map. This is an actual map, not a (laughs) no cell phones. And. I just love the aspect about how when we would go on road trips, a lot of times we might stop, we might veer off the road, right? Because even though we had a destination of where we were trying to get, you also want to enjoy the journey. And so when they said roadmaps, I was like, yes, that's it. I like it. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially because like, you think you're going to go this way. Like, you know, there's the people who plan the trips who are mm-hmm. like, these are the things we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then there are the people who don't plan trips and they're <laughs> always the ones veering them off the road to like enjoy something else. And I mean, usually you do get to your destination, but it may not always go the way that you expect it to. Which one would you say you are? Oh, I'm definitely the person in the car who's just like, yeah, like I'm here for a good time. <laughs> I did not plan anything, but I feel like I'll have fun wherever I go. Uh, I like that. I like Which that. Which one are you? Um, I'm kind of in the middle because I love a plan and I love to prepare. I'm definitely the person who's going to have the first aid kit, all the things you might need. Some, if something goes wrong, does the does the car have a jack in it? Like, are we good? Um, <laughs> so because I, And I like to plan a couple things, but I hate like back-to-back planning because I feel like it doesn't allow for life to happen yeah um and it doesn't allow for right those moments to come up where you're like oh wait we just passed something that i want to go check out you know so i kind of fall in the middle um but i appreciate people that are like let's just let's go out there and do it we're <laughs> gonna figure it out along the way yeah my friend and i took a trip to san diego and when we were there like they like to plan like they're a huge planner and i'm not and i was just like let's just go on tiktok and see what's cute in san diego and we <laughs> did and we had a great time <laughs> wait is that what people are doing nowadays go well, on. i mean <laughs> why not i mean they show you you already know what you're gonna get because you can see everything like you That's... know if the visual is nice like That's you know true. 
Yeah, like you have an idea of what people enjoy doing there if you've never been there before. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do all the research that it takes to like go on the internet and type this up and that up. You just look at a few videos and have an idea of like, okay. Like. Mm-hmm. That's true. I honestly, I, it would never even occur to me to search it that way. I also don't use TikTok, so Ian, I'm still kind of confused about how the, how the whole platform you, works. I learn more in t- on TikTok than I do in med school. That wow. is a fact. 100%. <laughs> I learned so many things via TikTok. I have learned how to cook different types of meals. I've learned mm-hmm. how to clean the type of cleaning supplies you need, how to save mm-hmm. money, what trips are the best to go on. Black travelers tell you the best travel locations for dra- traveling alone as a Black mm-hmm. femme person. Like, you mm-hmm. just hear so much. So I like it. It's my top resource for everything. And then I might look to other resources but it's it's nice because you get somebody who already has an experience with it okay all right i might check it out sometime i just booked a flight to colombia in april it's my friend's birthday so we're gonna be out there and i was i went to google and was like all right trip advisor what are the top things to do but you know what i like that idea of tiktok so I think I'm going to download yeah. it for that purpose. You can find Airbnbs on there, everything. Really? Damn. Yeah, because some people will just show you like, oh, this is the place I'm staying in in Colombia. And wow. if you like it, you might look for where that place is on Airbnb and check it out. Wow. Okay, that's smart. All right. You sold me. Yeah. TikTok <laughs> is, I'm a visual person. I'm a visual and audio yeah. person. So TikTok is like an amazing resource because I really don't like having to sit mm-hmm. down and read something all day long same honestly because like i've i'll look through all like i will look through all of the reviews but i it take i feel like it takes a long time because a lot of them are just talking about stuff that you don't even care about so yeah exactly all right all right so the first part of this episode we're going to break it up into two halves this is our new year episode so we're going to get started with uh, talking about what do you want to leave behind? Hmm. Well, what do you want to leave behind, Serena? So one of the first things I would say is that I want to leave behind imbalanced giving in my romantic relationships. And I recently kind of like wrote out, you know, as I was kind of like meditating and thinking about what I want to talk about for this episode. Um one of the things I said was I want to bring the strengths of my single energy into my partnered relationships. Um, Because one of the things that I feel like happens is like, I'm great at being single. I love being single. I love single Serena. And then I get in a relationship and I get so excited and I'm such a giver. And I'm just like, oh, I want to like give you so many things and I want to do all these things for you. And I want to experience the things that bring you joy. And then I get like, I turn around and realize like, oh, wait, have they been like reciprocating it back? And like, have they been showing up for your world? Um, So that's one of the things I really want to focus on. And I, when I went out this past weekend, I actually had a conversation with somebody and I was saying like, I'm going to stay single until I know that I have the capacity to enter a relationship and still maintain like who I am and my energy without like getting enmeshed with people. That's like... Wow. Point one. <laughs> that is so funny because <laughs> I feel the same way about dating. Mm. Um, yeah. 
I don't know if you've ever seen Lovecraft Country. I started it. I got to the really weird episode that like gets real, <laughs> real future sci-fi. What is that? I don't remember what episode that is. It's, it's with the ghosts in the basement. I think yeah, is that episode three? I remember. I think I remember. Something um, like that. Yeah, the, every episode is different, but episode seven. I think, okay. like, no matter what, watch episode seven. Episode okay. seven is the best episode. It's called I Am, and it's about mm-hmm. this woman named Hippolyta. And the way that her journey goes, it's just amazing to see, and it makes you realize, like, how many times do you make yourself small in order to fit in to, you know, other people? Like, do you mm-hmm. make yourself small and minimize yourself in order to be in relationships? versus allowing yourself to be the biggest person that you can be or the best version of you and take up as much space as you need yeah um and being able to do that whether you're in a relationship or not Mm -hmm. because I do think it's really easy to minimize yourself into like what's going to fit between you and a partner when I mean I know this is terrible and maybe this is ironically part of what (laughs) pessimistic Mm -hmm. um it, I mean, most of the time people do kind of minimize themselves with their partners. Most of the time their partners do expect them to minimize in order to get yeah. towards certain goals in life. And mm. I don't, I hope that when it's time for me to date again, which I don't think I have the capacity to right now, but when I, when I am, I'm really hoping that I find somebody who's like, let's be the biggest and best version of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things I think about is like, I want to be loved enough and I want to love somebody else enough to be like, I want you to become the most fullest, authentic version of who you can be, even if that means you leave me. Like if whoever that you are, you become that whatever that is, if it's like because it's a job or if it's just because we're no longer aligned in where we're at or what we're doing. I want to be able to love somebody else and be loved enough that I'm okay with knowing, like, if your highest good is not with me, then I, I love you enough that you can, you, you should leave. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that doesn't, yeah, I, I just feel like everything in our society is set up that it's, it's not that way and it doesn't support that. It doesn't. And it's sad that it doesn't because I mean, I think it's, I think people do want to find someone to be with. And I don't think that that's an instilled thing that our society creates. I think that we are meant to be connected with people. I agree. But I don't think it's supposed to be the way that society enforces it on you to the point where it's like, these are the gold milestones you have to meet. Mm-hmm. And so if you have to minimize. Later. Yeah. Like if you have to minimize yourself in order to get to these aspirations, it's way more important than getting to whatever goals you have for yourself. So yeah, I'm really hoping that that I'm hoping that we can start changing that and more, we see more people just authentically being themselves and, you know, mm-hmm. love finds its way to you, yeah. whether it's like, you know, long lasting or not. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. I wish that for both of us. Yeah. Whenever whenever the time is right. Whenever the time is right, which is not right now. So <laughs> <laughs> you got a full plate. So which is that's understandable. Yeah. The funny thing about that is is that I like finally came to the decision because I realized that everything I want in a partner is really just somebody to take care of me. 
which uh-huh. I don't think I have the recipro- reciprocity for. Like, mm-hmm. I want somebody who can help me wash these dishes and, like, take care of my cat when I can. And mm-hmm. I have food in the house that I don't always have to bring in. And I just want somebody to help me with, like, domestic tasks more than I yeah. want to be, like, to dealing with somebody who's, like, yeah. Because I feel like I'm a two-person job. So, <laughs> I think it's, um... I don't think that's necessarily a good thing to be looking for that solely in a partner like it's great if that person can do those things but if that's what I'm really looking forward to then maybe this is not the time so Mm -hmm. I'm just acknowledging that um yeah yeah for me what I'm trying to leave behind this year or last year is pessimism I think Mm -hmm. like the last two years has been a lot for everybody. And I know for myself, like uh, school has gotten a lot heavier. Um, I had a lot of traumatic things um, come up into my life that was, that had been regressed and having to deal with that. Um, I also had complicated relationship um, or friendships that have come to an end, unfortunately. So I think all of those experiences has um, hardened me a bit yeah and it's left me not really opening up and being the I guess optimistic person that I truly am like I Mm -hmm. haven't felt as connected to myself spiritually and emotionally and I don't think I've I I mean I had the time to I have a lot of expectations and demands on me as a med school student as well as somebody who has goals outside of med school and who does try to do a lot to reach those goals so because of that, I don't really have the time to process all the traumas and yeah, yeah. check in on how I'm feeling and deal with it. So I've just kind of been letting a lot of things sit. And mm. I want to really take the time, especially now, while I um, hopefully have reached my last milestone during school, to really just focus on me and what I need for myself emotionally and connect back to my spiritual self. So I've been really focusing on that. And that's been um, a lovely connection to like reunite myself with who I was. Yeah. I guess like the first year of med school versus me on my last year of med school. Yeah. Yeah. Your last year of med school through a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That too. (laughs) Through, Through everything you've dealt with. That's a lot. You're under a lot of weight. And yeah, I feel like. How do we create space to heal and to call in more hope, right, or optimism when there's no space to do that? Yeah. Are there any old patterns, habits, or cycles you're releasing or breaking? Yeah, so (laughs) self-betrayal. I feel Mm. like this also gets into, like, my romantic relationships and I definitely feel like in my previous relationship like I I lied to her but I also lied to myself and if I'm not honest with myself how can I be honest with somebody else Mm -hmm. um and and I also recognize and it wasn't just this past relationship but other relationships where I left and I had so much anger and I was angry at them, like for the way that they acted, but also at myself. And honestly, I think that was really the deeper anger because I was like, how did you allow somebody to treat you this way? And to yeah. me, like it just it goes back to the self-betrayal. And so I've been doing a lot of like soul searching and 
like asking myself like why do I do this why is it coming up and um I feel like part of that is like better like self-knowledge and awareness but also like I'm setting this like big intention that if you are in spaces where you don't feel safe to be vulnerable to be honest to be transparent then you're not even creating the conditions to like break that cycle of self-betrayal so it's like getting really real with myself when I'm in spaces where I feel the need to like betray myself even if it's in a small way right like um I was talking with somebody recently about how um sometimes I won't get like jokes when people say it um and how like this is a it's a quality that's like common among people that are autistic I'm I don't know if I'm autistic or not I've been never been professionally diagnosed you know but knowing that I have this quality and there are times where I've been in situations where I've just pretended that I understood the joke because I didn't want to ask again and I felt so embarrassed and like in that moment that was a self-betrayal right and it's like I could have pushed it further and that person might have responded negatively right but I also could have push it further and that person might have been like oh you know I didn't realize that let me explain further and then that one gives me the opportunity like to to deepen intimacy with other people but also again to like be honest with myself when it's like oh I'm having a hard moment or a moment where I like I don't understand and like and that's okay like you don't need to pretend um yeah so that (laughs) um well I have a question for you um what did you what do you feel like you lied about yourself about in this last relationship I think it was the type of relationship that I wanted and going in we made you know we were non-monogamous um but you know that's a huge umbrella and so I made some concessions within that non-monogamy that ultimately I don't think benefited her and they didn't benefit me (laughs) and Mm. so she wasn't getting the things that she ultimately wanted out of it. And then I wasn't getting what I wanted. And for me, that was like relationships for me are about connection and intimacy. It's not necessarily necessarily a sexual thing. And I, because of the agreements that we made within our non-monogamy is that we would be um, romantically monogamous. So I was like, well, the very thing that you ideally want out of this situation, you've just said, nope we're gonna take that off the table and I'm like that doesn't make any sense like you're setting yourself up in this relationship up for failure Hmm. I mean that's also kind of hard though because I mean in theory that sounds really cool like yeah you Mm -hmm. you have partners and I have partners but it's hard when you start comparing yourself and then you're like hold on a second actually let's retract (laughs) that last statement (laughs) yeah and it's like and and to be real it's also I know why why the self-betrayal and I think that's because it's like I was scared. I was like, oh, wait, could I really do this? Could I? And I, I reread some of my old journal entries and I literally wrote that. And I was like, could you really do this? And I'm like, you know, so I understand that part of why I lied is also because I wasn't ready to be honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And like, that doesn't make lying to somebody else okay. Um, but that ultimately I probably could have saved both of us some, you know, some amount of pain or suffering if I had just been like, no, this is what I really want and I should be with somebody that also wants that. And, you know, that that could have also been a bad situation. Who knows? But I do, I do at the end of the day feel like 
what I went through, now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, yes, Serena, you're going to be polyamorous and you're going to pursue this and you're going to do it intentionally. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least I tried. And I can say like, you know. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that you're being open and vulnerable with yourself. And in turn, that will allow you to be open and vulnerable with others. Because it's true. Like when it comes to, I think when it comes to any type of ending or conflict, one of the things that happens is that you make a decision about whether you're going to learn something from it or if you're going to harden yourself because of it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, now that this is over, I will never, you know, A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be like, okay, let me actually process this and learn what the lesson was. And it seems like you've learned the lesson yeah. that allows you to be more vulnerable for the future and figure out what you really do or don't want. I hope so. We're going to, when the dating time is right, we're going to put it to the test. <laughs> All right. Um, do you do you have any other cycles you wanted to bring up before moving on to reflections? Um, yeah, I think for me it's hesitation. I've been having a huge heart. Like, okay, so this is the things that I've learned for the past two years. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe I'm saying this on the internet. Say it. So I found out that I am not a Scorpio, technically. Aww. I know it sounds crazy. Okay, here we are. Here we are. (laughs) I spent the last thirty-one years of my thirty years of my life believing that I was a Scorpio because of the time that my mother said I was born. Mm. She was wrong. She was Mm. wrong by eighteen hours, and it turns out that I was actually born instead of six thirty p.m. I was born at midnight, twelve twenty-eight a.m. And that changed not just my sun; it also changed my. It didn't change my rising only; it also changed my sun sign. So instead of being a Scorpio, technically, I'm a Libra. I truly identify as a cuss because obviously that's a really cussy yeah, time. If is. the same day, I could have been either. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like I align with both um, energies in different ways because I'm really, I mean, I'm a, like, that makes me an air and a water sign and there's like no earth in there. And that makes, mm. that, that applies. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, mm, this applies. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I get along with a lot of air signs. I also get along with a lot of water signs. And of course, I get along with earth signs. Fire signs, I don't know about. But you know, like, <laughs> it, it's a person-by-person it's basis. Yeah. Um, but with that, that had made me have to look into a little bit of like, okay, what does it mean to be a Libra? What does it mean to be a Leo rising now? Um, and mm. Leos are really about like expansion and being their biggest selves and putting themselves out there. And mm-hmm. Libras are about beauties and aesthetic and flirtation mm-hmm. and harmony. And I've never been either of those. I really aligned with the Scorpio part. Like, you know, you're kind of brooding and alone and not necessarily <laughs> alone, but I do spend a lot of time alone. I'm an introvert. Um, Tauruses are about comfort and being in places that they're comfortable in. So that's mm-hmm. really different to be expansive and trying to like really see yourself in all these other aspects especially going out and like flirting and just allowing yourself to have um fun that doesn't have to have a deeper meaning behind it yeah and I'm not there yet but I do want to like grow into that knowing that okay maybe this is another side of me that I need to embrace Mm -hmm. because I do think I limit myself by not doing that and that goes back to that hesitation instead of putting myself out there, it's like, well, it's safer to not. 
which is yeah. true. It is safer, but that yeah. doesn't allow me to like really live my best life. So I'm hoping that this year is the year that I truly challenge myself to really put myself out there instead of allowing myself to just stay in my comfort zone because my comfort zone is not going to help me to succeed. And I know that. Mm-hmm. I can see that for you. See yeah. little flirty Libra. That's like the hardest thing for me to even try to accept. Like, I don't know why. Like, this is, I was, funny thing is, is I was literally making fun of Libras two weeks before I found out <laughs> I was a Libra. The universe said, actually. The universe plays with me all the time. I remember thinking I was straight and I was like, well, I don't know about the gays, but that's up to God. And then all of a sudden I'm a homosexual. Now I was making fun of Libras, all of a sudden I'm a Libra. What is this? <laughs> Be careful with the next thing you make fun of. Exactly, right? Um... The universe is constantly making jokes on me, which is the reason why I don't plan things because I also never plan to be a doctor and here I am in med school. Um, I I literally told people I do not want that. So (laughs) it's a lot of weirdness. You should Um, crack some jokes about being a millionaire. You know, just put it out there, see what happens. I never want to be a millionaire. The joke was that Libra's for some reason, a lot of Libras I know like to make out with their friends. Like they think that's normal. <laughs> and I was just like, that's not normal. And they're like, yeah, it is. I was like, wait, are you sexually attracted to your friend? And they're like, no. And I was like, then I don't understand. Why would you Why would you go out of your way to do that? That sounds like creating a lot of problems for no reason. And they're like, girl, it's fun. And I was just like, I don't. I can't that's do that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Libras are weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a... I'm a Libra rising. Um, I'm not opposed to making out with my friends, but it's usually because I am attracted to them. Not just I don't just go around making out with everybody. But <laughs> I had a few Libras try to argue with me about how this makes sense, and I was like, I'm I'm just not there. <laughs> wow, they were like, this is a. They're like, this makes sense. It's just fine. And I'm just like, the no. hill that I'm gonna die on. Because consequences, you, there are consequences to these actions. So, listen. There are. <laughs> that actually makes a, gives a lot of context to my early 20s. Now that I think about it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've ever made out with a friend. Yeah? I think I, I kissed one of my friends before, but we never made out. I've never made out with any of my friends. I feel like that's just such a big step that I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, now at this age, for me, I am way more intentional about that of like, if I introduce this, do I think this person would be receptive and would be cool with us just staying platonic? Um, I didn't have that kind of foresight in my 20s. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, I just realized I lied. I actually have made out with a friend. And I slept with them, but he's a dude. So okay, okay. <laughs> there's no like there was no risk of me being emotionally connected. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was safe. I was like, okay. all right, I'm safe. There's absolutely no chance of me being like, I'm gonna fall in love with you. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. You're like, all right, I got this. <laughs> yeah. And I was right. So here we are. <laughs> all right. Well. Well, yes. Like I said, I could see that for you. I want that for you. Um, I will definitely wing person you. Um, 
whenever I make my way to Arizona, whenever you come here, I got you. I will be in New York in March. I'm just waiting for you hey, to plan this trip to come really? to me this year. <laughs> yeah, be- I am. Okay, but I'm gonna be looking. I'm looking for flights right now. But um, I'm still waiting for you to come over here. I know, I know. <laughs> that should be the next trip I should plan. Because after you I booked should- the, the ticket to um Columbia, I was like, all right, what? Where are we going? <laughs> to Arizona, and this is like the best time because it's not hot. What um. Okay, we'll we'll talk about it later. I was about to be like, <laughs> when are you available? Like, okay, we've been recording the whole podcast here. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so reflections. What are your reflections on this past year? Um, I feel like I've learned how to re- regulate my emotions better. This year Ooh. has been a lot. Like a lot has happened to me. I got spat on. Oh, um, I remember that. That shit yeah. was crazy. And my first thought to myself was, you need to emotionally regulate. And I did. <laughs> and I did not hit him with my car. This man sat <laughs> on me while I was in a car. He was walking. Or he had a longboard. He spat into my car because he ran into it. Um, he ran into it. And I was just like, why is this man stumbling into my car? So I lowered the window to be like, yo, you good? And when I lowered the window, this man tried to spit in my face. And... He went behind my car. I had my moment, but he's still alive. It's okay. We didn't need, you know, vehicular assault. <laughs> we didn't need that happening. So. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, no. <laughs> can you hear the regret? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but he's still alive. I allowed that to happen. By Michelle's good grace, he's yes. still alive. Apparently, I'm a better person than I thought I was. Um <laughs> And I'm not really that excited to find that out. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, I I think I also established a lot of boundaries this year. I think I still have ways to go as far as establishing my boundaries, but I've been very clear about things that I won't accept. And with that, I have hold, held myself accountable into making sure that I stay within my limits of those boundaries. Like, Having antagonizing, I know I really, one of my biggest pet peeves is having conflict via text. I think it's so rude to just assume that I'm in a place to have this conversation. And despite like antagonizing texts, like I've been able to just not respond because I'm not doing the whole back and forth. I don't like the way that feels when you're hot and you're waiting for them to respond just mm-hmm. so you can respond back. And the truth <laughs> is, neither of you are listening to each other. <laughs> Right? You're, yeah, you're waiting to respond. Yeah, <laughs> you're waiting to yep. respond. You're not waiting to listen. You're not gonna be like, ah, no. Mm-hmm. You're trying to trying to get them thumbs going, and <laughs> I did not fall into that. So that's been good. Um, I think good this was you. also the year I had to establish boundaries with my mom. That was mm-hmm. hard. I still don't think that um, I'm there yet as far as being able to have I guess like one of the things that I want to work on moving forward is that is being able to create boundaries with people that allow me to understand this is a reality this is what I can expect from this person not putting expectations on them that I know they're not capable of falling like doing I know that this person is not capable of doing these things that I expect 
but I have to accept them for who they, who they are if I'm choosing to maintain this relationship. So what are the boundaries I need to set up within myself in order to make sure that we're capable of continuing to coexist mm-hmm. while also not hurting my dang, my own feelings? Yeah. <laughs> so and that's, that's hard. Yeah. yeah. Expectations are hard because it's like we all have them. And it's like that takes a lot of emotional maturity and awareness to come to the point where you're like, okay, I re- realize I ha- I'm having this and then I have to, you have to have that conversation. Like, does it make sense for me to expect this of this person? Because like you said, it just comes down to you getting hurt out of the situation. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I have always told myself or Shanice has told me and I have reflected that I want to live a happy, healthy, loving long life and mm-hmm. in those times that get really difficult I try to remember that because if these are what I'm trying to do then how what are the actions that I need to take in order to make sure that I'm moving along with that because I want the universe and my world to reflect it mm-hmm. and it's hard to reflect that if I'm not <laughs> doing it myself you know facts that's gospel right there <laughs> <laughs> I think about that often because I'm like, I want like I want to live a long, healthy life. When I'm older, I ideally want to have like a pretty healthy body, much so. And so what can I do right now? You know, because we only have control over certain things. But I'm like, there are things I can do right now to try to make that a reality. Yeah. What about you? What are some reflections on the past year for yourself? So one of the things I've been thinking about is that is The Body Keeps the Score, which is a book um, that I just started reading, and that's by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. Um, And for people listening, the book is about how trauma lives in our body. And so this doctor, over the course of decades, began his research essentially with war veterans. and at the time, I think this starts in the 70s, I want to say, maybe even maybe even pro- uh, earlier than that. Um, he they you know, th- there was no awareness of this idea of like trauma living in the body and stuff. And so, you know, I'm just in the beginning of the book. But as I've been reading this, you know, it's just affirming a lot of things I already know, things I have been learning on my own. And so <clears throat> it's more so of like an affirmation of like, a recollection I started having years ago when I started doing yoga. And that was, I think about five, maybe six years ago at this point, I just started a personal practice of yoga and I watched as like my physical body began to change and I felt physically better. But as I felt physically better, I was more able to address the mental, emotional, psychological aspects of things going on in my life. And it just started help helping me to connect the dots to how a lot of my trauma lives in our bo- in my body, and that's the case for everybody. And we get locked into these patterns and these ways of being that a lot of times will perpetuate and continue those cycles of trauma. And I do feel like when you're literally not able to relax your physical body, you're not even in a space to shift yourself to like what's going on with me mentally, emotionally, because you're so charged up because your body's repeating these cycles it's learned for coping through that are basically like survival responses that you don't need anymore mm-hmm. and so just that me starting that like li- literally I did like 10 minutes of yoga a day and I was like 
wow, I feel so much better. I feel so much more clarity. And so that really like pushed me towards somatic practices. And then this year, um, really, yeah, I would guess it's like, yeah, it was this past year. But over the last couple years, I've had a lot of issues around my sexual health. And that really fucked with my self-esteem. And I, and I told I shared this with you already, um, but I was diagnosed this past year with urogenital prolapse, cystocele, and rectocele. Um, urogenital prolapse is when the, uh, the organs above the um, cervix are pushing down onto it, which essentially pushes the cervix down into the vaginal canal. Cystocele is when the bladder is essentially pushing into the vaginal canal and recto seals when the rectum pushes into. So I say all that say my everything was kind of coming in because the muscle there was weakened. And <clears throat> I was already experiencing the physical um, issues of that for the last couple of years. Finally got a diagnosis this year. And they tried to tell me to <laughs> that I, there wasn't he didn't basically didn't give me any solutions and was like, you could use a pessary. So a pessary is a device that you put inside the vagina to hold it up. And I'm like, I am 32 at the time. I am not about to put nothing inside my vagina to hold things up. Um, and, you know, I study, I'm studying sex education. But even before that, I'm like, there's got to be a physical therapy solution. Um, but I feel like mentally I was still processing through that because I feel like a lot of my identity has been like around... I feel like I've had an over-identification with my sexual and sensual energy in a way that when I was like, oh, you're not able to do the things you had previously been doing, it messed with my sense of who I was, and I was, like, really down on myself, um, and so I finally began physical therapy for that this, um, maybe, maybe four months ago, and it has been such a breath of fresh air because it's given me a lot of action and agency over my body. So I say all that to say that one of my major reflections for this past year is really just about the body keeps the score. And I think there was a lot of things that went into like why that happened as I've been able to sit and kind of reflect, like how did I get to the point that this was occurring? Um, and again, like I, like I said, I want to have this healthy, thriving physical body as in so much as I can, right? 50 years from now, 60 years from now. So what am I doing now to ensure that that's a possibility? And so there are things that I was not doing for my body previously that I could have that would have helped me earlier had I just done it. So um, I always advise people, it don't need to be yoga. It doesn't need to be breath work. It, you know, working out, whatever it is, do something for your physical body to help release whatever it's holding because I guarantee you if you are a human being and you're doing this human thing at all you have some trauma in your body yeah that's really interesting but you're right there probably are physical therapies out there to help with that um I don't know what they are but I do know that it exists I think that it mostly doesn't exist in America as often as it does in other countries because even mm. like I know a lot of people usually have those issues when it comes to um, having multiple children, they're more susceptible to having um, that happen to them. 
And in other countries, they do actually do physical therapy for parents who were pregnant and help them to build a stronger pelvic floor so that that doesn't happen anymore. It's only really, I mean, I don't want to say it's only here, but it certainly is here where it's prevalent that like there's urinary incontinence or more um, prolapsing of different organs into the vaginal canal that doesn't always happen in other places because they value um, people with vaginas and make an effort to assist them so that they have a higher quality of life. Yeah, and it, that's the thing. Like, there, it, it goes into so much because there are so many things people can do prior to giving birth that will help make the process yeah. better. And our society literally does not, you know, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Any other reflections? Um, one of the things that I that I, I forgot earlier that I wanted to just touch on. So what what I was referring to that I've been going through is called pelvic floor physical therapy. Like you said, there's I mean people are familiar with physical therapy. I think it's not um, offered enough as it should be because it can help with a lot of things. Pelvic floor physical therapy is even more rare. So finding somebody who specializes in that is really hard. And I was fortunate to get a referral through the Callen Lord Center. Um, and so this person was also like informed working with like, um, trans and queer people. So that has made the experience really good as well. And one thing people don't realize is that, um, uh, trans people or gender nonconforming people or people that, um, may bind or that may tuck, they often do need, um, pelvic floor physical therapy just because of, um, the side effects and impact that can occur with tucking, with binding, if you're doing it wrong. Um, there are a lot of ways to do that, that it's unsafe. And so, you know, if you do have access and stuff for New York City people, Cal and Lord is a great place to get connected with. Um, getting connected with somebody to do PT and learn those exercises to do before, during, after will help a lot with maintaining pelvic floor tone. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure why I'm saying this, but to the people out there who are interested in physical therapy and want to do pelvic floor, please make an effort to really figure out how to work with queer and trans folk. We're everywhere. It's not just New York City. And I feel like a lot of mm -hmm. times the people who specialize in these things tend to be in New York, which is wonderful for everybody in New York, but we exist outside of New yeah. York. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's really hard when we don't have the same um, support in other places so if you're interested in that therapy especially if you're a person of color do it Damn and consider it. the queer trans world absolutely all right um do you have a okay. shine theory for today you know i was gonna add this as like a potential other point but i'm just gonna add this quote that i got do you know the jasmine's the i don't know how she's the jasmine's garden on instagram mm -hmm. um so this is like an Inst instagram tiktok influencer um a black queer person um and i was watching a video that they put up recently and i really like this so i'm just gonna like pull a couple quotes from that and of course i will link um the instagram page afterwards in the description but jasmine said Eight times out of ten, the destruction happening in your life was sanctioned by you. 
you said you wanted more money, so you got fired from the job that you couldn't afford that couldn't afford to pay you enough in the first fucking place. You said you wanted more genuine connections, and now you're wondering why everybody's falling back because you need to drop them the hell off, and the universe is giving you a chance to, because if you won't, it will. If you remind yourself of the alignment you asked for, you'll realize everything has its place. So that's my shine theory that I wanted to highlight, because I heard that today, and I'm like, you're right. Stop complaining about what you don't have yet, because you asked for something specific, and so it dropped what was not fitting that. I just want you to know that that creator actually do know who they are. I just didn't know their um, handle. That creator is originally on TikTok. Um, another person that you can find on TikTok. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because I did hear that. I heard it a few, probably a week or two ago, or whenever they posted it. (laughs) So, and I saw it when I saw when you posted it, and I was like, ah. Well, you got it too okay yeah <laughs> a week late because i think they only posted it like a couple of days ago to instagram so yeah. maybe i will get on tiktok <laughs> maybe they posted it before but maybe it was this week i don't really remember time time means nothing to me anymore i've literally <laughs> been in exams for a month so <laughs> what is time yeah but yeah i do remember them posting that and being like mm, this is this i can see how this would resonate well, this concludes the first half of the episode um, and join us in the second part of the episode where we will dive into looking forward. So we yes. look back. Yeah. And I think we got a lot to look forward to. I do talk. too. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Catch us next time on From the Root. <laughs>